Hello and welcome to the Graham Radio Podcast. Today on the show, we have DJ Reality, Joe Mans, and Roy Browning. Now, I didn't know that DJ Re- I thought that it was this was just going to be with DJ Reality. But to my surprise, she brought two other dudes, and I didn't know them. But it turns out that everyone's connected to Ja Rule, <laughs> which, I mean, I'm down. That's cool. I mean, the Graham Radio Podcast is all about music, music business, talking and just – and talking and having fun so i'm like hey why not and listen download the icon app it's at studio talk dot what is it what is it what is it let me find this right now i literally have the link it's right here it is studio talk dot show it put that in your browser download the icon app it's jaw rules app and it's just a great way for artists to connect to fans on like a lot of different levels. Joe explains exactly how it works. It's very, very cool. DJ Reality tells some stories on this podcast. She owns 300,000 vinyls. Like that's just bananas. So, I mean, this honestly is – this is a shorter podcast but you know what? It's just shortened to the point because it was awesome. Um, also, uh, you know what? Actually, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Enjoy the podcast. Oh, follow Graham Radio for everything music. Check out One Music Collective for all of your record label and uh, music and podcast production needs. Be on the lookout for omc.tv. All right. I love you. Let's get into the pod. Chappelle was like, and then they went to Jaw. And then, like, he does, like, a fake interview with Jaw. And Chappelle's like, why do we always look to Jaw rule when bad things happen? It's like, <laughs> that's a fact, though, man. I don't know yes. how to deal why? with this. Because 50, where is Jaw? 50 Cent decided that Jaw rule was the Antichrist. Really? What, what are you talking about? Jaw rule, like, in New York, it was 50 Cent came up with How to Rob. And it caught on in New York. It didn't go any further. Is that a song? How to yeah. Rob? Okay. That was his very first song, 50 Cent, which is, it was how he would rob everybody in the music industry. And Oh, yeah. wait. So, wait. The, this song was about how 50 Cent would rob everybody yeah. or how yeah. Ja Rule would rob everybody? How 50 would rob everybody. So, he's talking and, about himself. Yeah. Okay. He's like, oh, I'm going to rob okay. everybody. And he was naming everybody by name. And then... For some reason, he just decided that in order to have a radio hit, I got to copy something. I have to emulate something. And it just so happens that that person was Ja Rule. Because 50 can't sing. Ja really can't sing. But Ja is a songwriter. And Joe knows this because my family grew up next door to Ja Rule. So I, I know the oh, whole Oh, no family. way. Yeah. That's so funny. So Wait, so... um. <laughs> Ja, wait. So when did Fifty Fitty Fitty? When did Fitty copy Ja Rule? Back in early two thousands, late wait, 99. but was okay. So that that song had a Rob was a copy of a Ja Rule song. No, it wasn't. That's what it was. He had no radio hits. Wait, so how did Fitty, Fitty copy Ja? Fifty copied Ja because Columbia Records at the time said you need a radio song. Okay, and How to Rob is not that radio song. That was a street song. So then, so he picked Ja Rule. I'm gonna pick his style, that rapping sing songy style, and get a radio song. Oh, oh, kind of like how, kind of like how, kind of like how a lot of people copy Future's flow. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all he did. He just copied Ja Rule's style, and then that caused Ja Rule to say, "Yo, dude, you copying my style," and that caused Fitty to say, "Then take it back from me." Oh, I love Fitty. <laughs> wow. That is but, su- that's such a funny response. Like it could, uh, do, do y'all follow Fitty Scent on Instagram? No. Sometimes. He makes these hilarious videos of him just like like talking and he um uh do y'all remember the um the vitamin water commercial where he was on the roof and he like slipped or something? Yeah. No. And, uh, <laughs> a cl- yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, Fit- Fitty is literally a comedian. Like he, the things that he says are just so funny. Like he'll he'll po- he'll repost ridiculous pictures or articles just like with his own caption of just something funny, and then like the 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 suspect emoji face 
Like he's he's literally hilarious. But yeah, the whole Fifty Cent like in New York, that was like the that was a bigger beef than anybody any other beef what, in New was York. Was it really? Damn. Yeah. Wait, yeah. this is early two thousands. Yeah. That's what Damn, I'm started. really I'm really dating yeah, myself. But it's still going. It's still going on. <laughs> it's okay. still going on. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I don't remember this. I just remember um, uh, hate it or love it. But I'll tell you this. So though, good. But to, to back to your question though, he came out and and he he put, in my opinion, he put his heart out there. Job put his heart out there on the stage. Um, he didn't nice. try to cast blame on anybody. Nice. Good for him. He said, "Hey, I have my role in this. I played my role in this, and um, here's what it is." He said, at the end of the day, you know, everybody's got to be accountable for that. Nice. And he ain't in jail. Ja must have a really, really, it. like, Ja, I don't know anything about him. I've never met the guy. But it seems like he has the right people around him. Because you don't become that person without the right people around you. Like, he must have an awesome, awesome, awesome team. Like, that's such a smart thing for an artist to have. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, just having spent um, a bit of quality time with, like, one-on-one time, just dinners and he must be so funny he, the dude is a genius like seriously the stuff that he comes up with the jokes the all of that is like he's brilliant nice he, he really is and he's just that authentic guy he's a family man he's got wife and kids and cute doing the whole thing man i don't know what was it what was the uh reality show that he did last year i don't know he did look like is he coming to tampa does he want to be on the Graham Radio podcast? He probably could. You oh, know what you do? Dude, Here's what incredible. we do. Let's set it up where you go on the Icon app, download oh, the Icon dude, app, and do fun. it there. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. You can download it um, right now. It's still in beta. Okay. But if you go to studiotalk.show, there's Here. a link on there. You can download Where's it. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? You put it away because it's distracting. Oh, yes. Yeah, remember? Yes. <laughs> there, that's the link to our, um, our weekly talk show on Icon, Tuesdays, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Studiotalk.show. Download Icon. So what is the Icon app? It's an app that um, Ja Rule invented. And wait, wait, so join the beta? Yeah. Yeah, you got to do the test flight thing to join the beta. So he created and and he did it to connect artists with fans and fans with artists. And there's three ways you can monetize your art on the app. Okay. You can set up a one-on-one to where people, if you went to my profile, you could book 15, 30, or 60-minute time with me, and it's a video one-on-one. Uh, the second thing you can do is you can charge admission to your show. So when you do your live stream, you can set the admission price, a dollar, $5, $200, whatever you want to do. And then the third way you can do it and is then what would the, And then what would people be paying for? Like whatever Access content. to the content. Access to the live stream. Oh, cool. So yeah. like, like who's been on live streams? Jaws on there all the time. Yeah. I'm on there Tuesday, 6.30 Eastern. Nice. Yeah, so like other what's so funny? <laughs> my plugs, my shameless plugs. <laughs> He's so good at it. What what's the um show called? Studio Talk. Studio Talk, right. six thirty PM um Eastern Time. Eastern time. And the way to get this app is by going in your browser and studiotalk.live dot show. Dot studiotalk.show, yep. downloading the first step one and then doing step two. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. easy enough. So easy like enough. how many times have you done your show? I think we're in week eight right now. Week eight. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So it's both yeah. of you? No, it's me and another buddy of mine. I'm not cool enough for that. Cash is Jake. That's not, <laughs> hey, man, you're pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> He's pretty cool. He's a good dude. Yeah, I'm pretty, not as cool as Jake. This is though. the best friend that a guy could ever ask for. How long have you And a business other? partner. <laughs> Ask our wives. Yeah. They scheduled the play date, and here we are, <laughs> 20 years later. Or yeah. Something so, like no, that. I think it was, uh, it was right around 2004. When did you get married? Uh, 2004. That's when we met. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been no. about 17 years. Yeah. You guys have just been crushing it ever since. Crushing it. Yeah. You ever watch the show Tanked on Animal Planet? No. Yes. You, you've seen it? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the, the one guy, he comes up with all these crazy ideas, and the other guy has to figure out how to make it happen. That's the relationship we have right now. Yep. He says, I got this crazy, what if? And anytime he starts with what if, I know that it means probably about six to 12 months worth of work for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last big what if? CBD company? Yeah. Yeah, Purelata. Purelata. Is have... that happening right now? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Purelata.com. P-U-R-E-L-A-D-A.com. Yeah. Here, let me see it. Check it out. Check this out. This is why it was a what if. What if there were a CBD company that offered a monthly subscription? Like a subscription box. And every oh, month. the wrong place. Where is it? 
Pure. Yeah, you forgot the E. L-A-D-A dot com. Yeah. Um, so for $49.95 a month, we'll send you three different products so you can try them, find things you like, and reorder the things you like. And then next month, you get more. Oh, wow. Well, look at that. <laughs> How about it? Do you want to use like Squarespace or something? No. Damn. Wait, did, you, did you make this website on your own? No, Shopify. Shopify site. Oh, shop, oh, oh, okay. Gotcha, 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 yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the first yeah. version was Magento, and so which is still being worked on because there's nice. some things Shopify won't do out of the box ah, that we want to do. I mean, dude, the real, no move, the real move, and I don't know how to do this, is like front-end, back-end website design. Like, then that, what? that's a what-if right there. That's what, what if? I do. That's where we started. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what you do? That's what you yeah. do? I build websites. I did not know that. Really? Yeah. I might have a project for you. Mm -hmm. Damn. How long have you been building websites for? For about 10 years. Wow. What's one of the websites? <laughs> well, I just did the stashhouse.com. The stash? Stashhouse.com. Doesn't it feel like a, doesn't it feel like when like when somebody asks you a question like name a client that's successful name a what it's like it's like when somebody tells you tell a joke I forget <laughs> really? every joke I ever knew <laughs> oh that's so funny you know what I mean it's that like that sweet. sometimes oh thank oh, you. that's really nice nice welcome to the stash house uh, Roy you got this welcome to the stash house no 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 oh. uh, just like the first sentence here. Kicking 2021 off with a bang, music industry expert A&R's Michael Fontaine and Andre Williams join forces with Publishing House, the royalty network's KMG, powered by The Orchard, to launch a full-service talent brand incubator, record label, and music distribution company, The Stash House. I'm going to have you do all my voiceover work. Hey, that sounds like a deal. You build a website, I'll do the voiceover. Okay, that, that was cool. incredible. Damn, so you built that website? Yeah. With, from, with like coding and stuff? Yeah, I Are do you coding serious? and all of that. How do you learn coding? I am, we actually spoke about this on Sunday. We have, when something takes out off of you, your plate, you put something else on. So I taught myself coding. <laughs> that's that's, that's awesome. not an easy thing to do. No. What, like what, how'd you learn it? It was based on a want and a need. That's why I could relate to what you were mm -hmm. saying the other day. Um, I was managing artists that needed websites, and everyone else was trying to charge five to ten grand. And I said, hmm, I could charge five to ten grand to do that too. And I just sat down and learned. Okay, damn. So how'd you learn it? I just got a course and oh okay uh, got yeah. you got you got yeah. you Man, <laughs> yo that is that is incredibly interesting yo wait so i feel like you do you know anything about blockchain yes i do yo <laughs> is, is now is now the time to invest in ethereum uh probably if, i just got told about a new coin that i'm, I'm researching now yeah what is yeah, it um, I, well i can't tell you just yet why right? not well because i don't i, I gotta make sure that it's Legit. Okay, cool. And I haven't Thank been you. I haven't been able to find a lot of information on it. Okay. Someone told me about it yesterday and I I started my research today. So Damn, good for you. Let's talk yeah. about it off pod. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the stash house um is really popping off, isn't it? We trying. Yeah. We're trying. So like it's a music distribution company. It's yes. Par partnered with the Orchard and KMG. Yes. So um the stash house, is it like uh, it, it's been around for how long? The Stash House has actually, as a label, been around for two and a half years. Okay. And this deal just fell in their lap. But the two what, owners, what deal? What deal? The um, linking up with the Orchard and Sony. Okay. Um, but the owners, Andre Williams and Michael Fontaine, they have worked in the industry for the last fifteen years. So Andre is a senior VP over at Universal, and Michael used to be a senior VP at Capital. Right. So right. You got those two industry vets, and they decided to get together, and we have a very small staff. It took me a year to get down with them. Like, why? Why is that? They interviewed me for a year. 
Okay. And then yeah, that's a grueling to, interview process. It, it is, but it was necessary for both parties. Okay. Because I wanted to make sure they were who they said they were. And who did they say they were? They said that they were Andre Williams senior VP at University. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and oh, Michael, oh! Got and, you, got yes, you, got you. Okay, so, that's cool. It all happened because they were interested in the artist that I was representing. Right. Okay. And you've been representing artists for a little while. Yes. Okay. And I negotiated the deal with them, and I did such a great job. I made them rewrite their contract. That, I love that. <laughs> I mean, you got to. Whatever contract gets shown to you first, you got to kind of talk about it a little bit. I, no, we talked about it for several months. And yeah, I, no, that's good. That's were, good. What, they, what were they trying to have you do at first? Um, They was trying... It, they wanted all the publishing. They wanted it. It, it was just not a. Uh, it was a good contract for them, but okay. it was very one sided. Okay. Yeah. And I, mean, yeah. I was like, no. And I just just started tearing it apart. And after just we like finished, making eye contact with them and, and slowly tearing their contract exactly. apart. Exactly. You see. You see what I think of this. <laughs> <laughs> but when I finished with it. Um, I got a phone call from Mr. Williams, and he said, you know, I, I didn't really want to go through all this whole process. And I was like, okay, we can get it. I don't care. And he said, I'd rather you be fighting with me than me having to go through this whole process again. Mm -hmm. So now I'm letting you know we have implemented your contract into our system. And I said, great, that will cost you X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And he was like, wait, what? I was like, <laughs> well, now that you've told me you're going to start using my version of the contract, you need to pay me for it. Right. And he did and gave me a job. That's incredible. You also yeah. may just have um, admitted to uh, performing legal services without a bar license. Yeah. So, um, but I have, a, I had an attorney, so it I know I mean, that, that's, a, that's a joke. That's a joke. Um, that, that's a joke. Uh, so someone comes I'm knocking on your studio job. door walls, you know, and, and two guys show up around I'm the corner. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> if someone comes through tell, saying that they're Joe, then, uh, th then you may have a problem. Um, did, yeah, that's, that's, that's extremely cool. So you've been in the industry for a while for 30 years, for 30 years. Um, what was the spark that got you into the industry? Um, I started out as a rapper. What was your rap name? Do was it DJ Reality? No, not what at all. It? <laughs> it was Candy D. That was, my, that was my nickname in high school. Really? I, I, uh, you look like a Candy D. <laughs> no, I just, that's, something, that's something that I say. <laughs> I, I started out as a rapper, realized I don't like people, I don't like performing, and then I transitioned into production. Okay. And then from there... So Okay, so... You didn't like performing in front of people? No. Um, how many shows did you do? About 15. About 15. And this is around what age? I was about 14, 15 years old. Okay, so 14, 15 years old. Mm -hmm. um, like, and you performed 15 times on stage. Yes. And, and this is where? In New York. In New York. Okay, so what in kind of... In the clubs. So, like, it, like, in, like, what kind of clubs? <laughs> the kind of clubs that a um, lot of um, street... Um, entrepreneurs and and people that like hanging around street entrepreneurs being so like so like <laughs> that, that's the best way i can say something here, like that. well okay so like <laughs> sketchy clubs yes sketchy. okay um i mean you may have just like listen you're clearly crushing it now but maybe you should have <laughs> performed at some different clubs no no have, uh, you, have you thought about at this talent show at school not to like put, not to like put you down no, but you no, know what i'm saying the, like the, well no this my school my my school didn't have talent shows because we didn't do that in the hood but um it was at that time it was when hip hip-hop was taking off right it was in right, the parks. right right so right. i had already had started djing and then I was like, oh, well, I write. I write poetry. I, let me rap. Oh, wait a minute. So you had already been DJing before yeah. you started rapping. Mm -hmm. Oh, so what was your DJ name? Was it Candy D? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Wait, yeah. were you on like actual 1200s, like so, like turntables and stuff? Well, back then it wasn't 1200s. They was B, BL1s. BL1s. Technique. BL1s. Te te techniques. Wait. Mm -hmm. Let me see that. 
How do you spell technic? Tech, yeah, like that. Mm -hmm. E L one. Oh, they might not even have it. Uh, do you think it's one thousands? No. There. Is that this is it? The, no, that's the nineteen hundred right there. It looks similar to the nineteen hundred. But yeah. it was a belt drive gray turntable. Okay, okay. Yeah, but what do you put? What do you put vinyls and so and on, on it? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So that 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 is like a it's like an old school turntable. Yeah. What about the mixer? Like the mixer, kind of mixer was a Radio Shack MX. What was the number? Radio Shack MX something. Yeah, I don't see it. Nah, I'll bring it up. It's all good. It's all good. But um, wait, so you were DJing, and, I then, was DJing, and then you started rapping. Then I started at, rapping. At, at places with uh, sketchy characters. Yes. Um, and you didn't like Why didn't you like it? I'm shy. Okay. But you, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So then you transitioned into producing. Yes. And now you're like 16, 17 years old. And you, no. you're producing. No. I am... 14, 15 years You're old. You're 14, 15 years old. Yes. What were you producing on? Like, were there, like... I was going into recording studios. Actually, that's the reason why I went into the business side of it. Because I... Myself and my partner, like two of you, I had a rap partner. And her name was Money G. And we did an answer record to Run DMC's Dumb Girl. Yes. I, I just dated myself. And that, I went in, we were signed to a small label that was based out of Jamaica, and they didn't know anything about hip-hop, and I didn't know anything about reggae music at the time, really, and I did the music for the, the, the record. For the reggae record? No, or for, for the, the answer it's a to record, yeah. For the answer to, what was the song, Run DMC? It's Dumb Girl. Dumb Girl by Run DMC. DMC. Yes, so... I did the music for it. What was the answer? Like, what was your answer to Dumb Girl? Was it the smart, it was smart Dumb boys. boys? Oh, Dumb Boys. <laughs> and how did it one go? One night, and no one hears that. I still have the demo, Come but on. nobody hears that. Nope. <laughs> how does and it go? I, I I don't rap anymore. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, listen, this might have to be a Graham Radio exclusive. <laughs> when, okay. Well, when was the last time you rapped this? Back then. Okay, but like, but like, you probably don't remember the lyrics now, like. Yeah, I do. You, like, are you going through them in your head? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's hear. Let's hear just the lyrics. Dumb boy, why are you not D? Why are you not a G? Dumb boy, you can't mess with Candy D or Money G. I'm not going to rap it. I'll say it. But I that was that. that. That was awesome. But that was that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Whatever. So nice. I got into the I music. I approve. Part. I approve. You this approve. Message. Word. <laughs> That like, was that, yeah, that was freaking sweet. I heard the song on the radio right. late at night. Okay. Never made a dime off of it. Wait, huh? Wait, I'm, yeah, confu I'm confused. What you I, mean. I did not understand the music business. <laughs> oh, oh you time. mean like, so, so that, that Jamaican took, label. They took the music <laughs> and got it played on the radio, and it was getting played, and it was selling, and but I never made a dime. Mm. So. You got, yeah, I mean, you got played. You were yeah, young. I got, I got jerked. So it was either A, learn how to jerk other people, or B, really learn this business. Which I bet a few of those uh, women at the sketchy place knew how to do. All right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but Street entrepreneurs. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know. Street that, life. <laughs> so I started ghostwriting for people because I still like writing. Okay. But, you know, I grew up just wanting to help other artists. Right do they thing so like um you're 14 dumb boy doesn't fucking hit like mm -hmm. or it hits but you it it, it kind of I, I guess you got hit in the face yeah. you know for back of a, for lack of a better expression um and then what like now like you learn that lesson and you're ghostwriting for people how long did you ghostwrite for for about two years for about two years okay mm -hmm. damn so this is all before like the end of high school yeah so like um and I went to high school with DJ Jazzy Joyce and That's a lot cool. of a, a lot of uh, we played on the I same honestly, basketball yeah. team. Oh, really? Yeah. So I want yo. If we play basketball right now, you think you'd cross me up? Not now. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it it was I was surrounded in that Karis one. Like my uncle is um the great peso from Fearless Four. My the, the great cousin, the great peso from Fearless Four. Yeah, Fearless Four MCs. They had a classic record called Rockin' It. Okay. Ooh, cool. I'll, I'll so, have to look that up. And then in that same group was my first cousin, the Mighty Might C. Okay. So I've grown up in the music business. Right. So um, you're ghostwriting, mm-hmm. and it's been two years. And why do you stop ghostwriting? I I don't even know. I just stopped. Well, then what what did you start doing? Like what, basketball. what was like? <laughs> oh oh, I mean, <laughs> basketball is part of hip hop culture. Yeah yeah. I, I mean, there's I, no denying that. But at the same time, like now I'm getting a little bit older, and then I started doing. I lucked up into a guy by the name of P Fine. When was this? This was in the early nineties. This is in the, and so okay. So, so when, so this is when in the did early Luke 90s. come out with pop that pop yeah pop yeah pop. I don't, I don't want to um, curse. Pop pop no, that. How does that go? Yeah, that don't stop that like yeah, that yeah and all of that stuff. Well, I wound up meeting up with P Fine. Who? How'd you meet him? He I was working as a security guard at NYU. Okay, and. This is at the same time that and Rick like, Rubin was w- at NYU. So were you, like, before you met him at NYU, mm-hmm. like, had you been doing, how, like... How, I was still DJing. I was still DJing. DJing. Okay. I was still DJing all the NYU parties. Under Candy D? No. Under what? Under reality. Under under reality or mm-hmm. DJ reality? DJ reality. You, okay, got you, got you, yeah. got, you got you. So we, I met P-Fine. He took a liking to me, took me under his wing. He was like, I think you'd be good doing record promotions. And I was like, okay. He said, here, there's this label out of Miami <laughs> called Luke Skywalker Records. I want you to get every DJ in New York to play these Miami bass records, which was the hardest job in the free world. Why? Because no one in New York knew who Luke was or what a Miami bass record was. So... That was my job to go. Oh around wait, this Luke is this? Would this be Uncle Luke? Uncle Luke. Yeah. Okay, got you. So I wound up doing radio promotions in New York, and for Luke Records under P Fine. That's insane. So I'm, I'm surprised that no one in New York knew who Luke was. There's a great divide, and I didn't realize that until I moved to Florida. But in New York at the time, like right now. They play everything. It's mostly Southern records that be, get played in New York. Okay. But at in the 90s, you didn't hear anything outside. If it came from Philly, that was a weird record. So the one record that I was able to use off the Luke label that, was able, that I was able to get the radio DJs to buy into the actual two live crew was a group by the name of Society. Okay. And they had a record called Yes Indeed. And that was the hardest record that Luke Records ever put out because it sounded like it was done in New York. Do you think that that was by design? Yes. Nice, okay. It, 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 I think he realized that once he got outside of Georgia, no one knew who Luke was. So he came up with this group that was literally the hardest thing. Like, we didn't believe that they were from Miami. But if you pull up society, yes, indeed, mm-hmm. this is a, it still hits today. Here, here, I, I might be able to, like, my, my phone's connected to this, so we could uh, maybe and throw it up. That was my introduction. From there, I worked with Wait, so society, what? Yes, indeed. It's yes, the letter N, deed. Society, yes, indeed. Okay, we're going to play a little snippet of it. Young nigga gonna try to take That's not it. So that so, so helped you, me. So you started um, like doing radio and retail product, um, and that led me into going into the retail distribution side of it. Right. So I know how to sell a record. Is it? Yep. This record gets me hype. <laughs> Listen to it, Joe. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, this is dope. What? Check out. No, you gotta check the intro. Hey! Yo, when I say what I wanna say, when I say what I mean, when I say, that's that shit. I get a black man's degree for styles that flow free, but when they roll up, these up. Tell them folks to ease up off my chip, cause I got styles for them to lick. Yo, this is so dope. So, if you listen to this, this came out before Das Effects. In uh, 94. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. That's a cool song. Yeah. Yeah. So, because of that and record. This was, so, um, it's like 94, you're in New York, mm-hmm. you're DJing Yes, Indeed by Society. I'm running around with a backpack to oh every gosh, record no store, every DJ, every club, handing with out With a backpack? Records. Yep. Wait, and in a, with fucking... Vinyl. With vinyls. hmm God, do you have any of those left? Society, no, but I have low profile. I have, in my garage, I have over 300,000 pieces of vinyl. 300,000? Yes. That's all that's in my garage. You have, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wow. This is vinyl. <laughs> that's you have 300,000 pieces of vinyl? Yep. Any Grateful Dead? Yes. I <laughs> nice. collect records. I nice. collect. I have, I have 78s. I stopped buying records in 2008. God so damn. My collection goes from 300,000 vinyls in your garage. Yes. What's your most, uh, what's the vinyl that you're most proud of having? Um, Which is like another, like, oh, it's another client. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would yeah, say that's a tough question. That's a tough, yeah, even that, that one. Is, Out of 300,000, how do you pick? Yeah. It you would don't. be anything that I got on. You know what? It would be uh, Sir Mix a Lot Beepers. It's <laughs> on. Clear milky white vinyl. I yeah, would, yeah. Damn. And I what did, year did that come out? That was ninety six. Fuck. And so I did Dude, promo yeah, for them. Crazy. I did promo for. Do you need house music? Yes. I actually Yo. play house music. That's nice. what I play now. Oh, so you, do you have like a lot of house music vinyls? Yes. Yo, I used to be so the cool. house music buyer purchaser for Rock and Soul Records, which is what? the number one record store in New York. Jesus. So I spent eight years as their buyer. So it got to the point cool where job. I was getting records from the distributors for, as Christmas presents. They would be like, oh, well, how many records did you order this week? Well, I only ordered 100 records. Well, they came in here with 10 boxes. Oh, no, that's for True. her. Did that's you ever get like? Present. Did you ever get like some unreleased demo type stuff? Like, mm-hmm. like nobody's got it. Mm-hmm. All the time. Like, do you have a favorite one of those? Um, like one that stands out. You're like, oh, this is gold. It would have to be, and it's a house remix that is by Ahmad Van Helden of a Madonna record. By who? Ahmad Van Helden. Ahmad He's, Van Helden. Okay. Yes, he is um, one of the most prolific house music producers. Damn. Have you ever uh, accidentally broken a record? Like, just like, or gotten angry and like smashed it? And no, like, I, you don't do that to Black Crack. Yeah. <laughs> ah, black Crack. That's right. I guess, uh, oh yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I guess we've always heard that Black don't crack, but I guess that, <laughs> I guess that some Black do crack. You yeah, know what I mean? some does. Yeah. <laughs> Vinyl but, records and also some Milky White cracks. Yeah, if you, if you have beepers, if can, you have beepers. Yeah. <laughs> can I tell you this? Like, I asked that question about the one that, like, the demo, or whatever. I got to tell you the story. I walked into a record store in Huntington, West Virginia, in nineteen, I don't know, mid nineties. Anyway, I walk in and uh, you know they got the the little section where like the bent and dent, like it's just free. Just take mm-hmm. this shit, right? And there was a VH te- VHS tape in there. And I, we would take the VHS tapes and we would put the piece of tape over them and pop them in and record our favorite music videos from MTV, mm-hmm. like November Rain and shit like that. 
So I grab this tape, I bring it back, I put it, I'm like, let me listen to it. Yeah. A bunch of dudes jumping around, screaming around on stage. I'm like, recording over this. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. It was the video, Rage Against the Machine, killing in the name of video demo. What? Can you own that black, black <laughs> no. tape, white box, an, a printed sticker, like a laser jet? Mm. Not even laser jet. It's probably like a dot matrix Make printer, sure. but something. Dude. I know. Like, Wait, so, so you recorded over it? I recorded over it. Oh, no. I, like, there's not a time I hear that song that I don't like cry <laughs> a little bit inside. How did you figure out that that's what it was? Because, like, what was it? Less than a year later. It became a popular thing. Oh, so it wasn't this even was popular before. at the time. It was, mm -hmm. it was like they were sending it. They were doing what reality was doing. They were sending them to record stores like, hey, check this out. The album's coming. And it was the video before the album was released. It was to the record stores to say, watch this. These guys got energy. They're going to mm -hmm. do something with it. Right. And, and they have crazy energy. They have yeah. amazing Bulls energy. Bulls like, um there, the, what killing the killing in the name killing of in the name of that song is insane live. Like I've never seen it live, but I've excuse me, I've seen videos. Well, I yeah. used to have a video of it live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, but you, you had bulls on you had bulls on parade. No, I had killing in the name. Oh 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 my gosh! The demo, Dude. the video demo. It was actual like documentary style. It's not the video you would see if you pulled it up. Yeah, this right. is. It was a documentary up. style demo where they literally just recorded it. And put it on a bunch of tapes and dubbed it up and sent it out to record stores saying, this album's coming out. You're not going to want to miss these guys. It's got to feel so crazy to be an artist that like um, that just like blows up super heavy. Like, especially if you've worked for it your whole life. Right. Like, seeing like just vast amounts of uh, fans like singing your song in a stadium. Couldn't imagine. That has got to be just truly, truly, truly crazy. Yeah. It's like because it's art. It's like... Everyone, it, everyone's an artist. Like my my, my buddy, I agree. Uh, my, yeah. Like my buddy uh, Dylan, um, Dylan of the Art Dealers. Check out the Art Dealers. Um, he his one of his mottos or for, I guess phrases. I don't know if you call it that. Is everyone's an artist, and what that means is um, everyone in their own right. Like no matter what you do, everything that you do is an art. So like as I mean, provided that like you're actually doing something that you enjoy doing. Um, whatever your art is. If it like truly like is trans transcendental, I don't think that's the right word. If it blows up for the right reasons, that is has got to be such a, a, a mind blowing feeling. It's got to be the most rewarding like, thing. Like on knowing Earth, that right? knowing that you can just live the rest of your life off of that. Have right? You, have you seen uh, Song Exploder? No, what's that? On, it's a show on Netflix, and it it shows. I think they have about six episodes right now. It talks about the story behind the song. Whoa! Um, and so they they have they have a myriad of different artists on there. Um, uh, even the guy who uh, wrote the, uh, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, oh. Hamilton, yeah. The, Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have him on there talking about one of the songs from the show and where it came from and you know how he developed it and how they how they wrote it and everything. So it's, it's really cool. There's a and, and vast array of different songs in there. That guy puts so much work into Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, he, he started reading um, the biography of Hamilton, and I think... 2008 or something and then for maybe seven or six years he wrote hamilton and it's genius it's uh, have you guys listened to hamilton mm -hmm. it's on my spotify it's so All the genius <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. i got like it when i was in college i got crazy into hamilton and my uncle got me um my graduation tickets were tickets to see hamilton like nice. in new york oh wow yeah oh, nice. like i i it's I literally I know every nook. Like, I know that as well. Like, when I was in high school, or not high school, when I was in eighth grade, I listened to two albums, a Ben Folds album and The Wall by Pink Floyd. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I knew every single nook and cranny of The Wall. Right. And I can, like, only The Wall and Hamilton are the, the albums where I know every single little piece. Okay, maybe also Kanye West, My, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. But besides, okay, those okay. three. Like, those three. You got me on all three. Yeah. Re oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How about the wall? Oh my gosh, insane. Yeah. In 2011, I saw Roger Waters perform the wall. No way. Yeah, and it was a full-on production. Like during the first half, which was the first disc, mm -hmm. they have these gigantic white blocks. The show starts, and there's like a couple white blocks on either side. But as the first half progresses, they're slowly putting more and more and more blocks on it. 
white blocks and they're using it for a projection screen. And like, it, it's, it's insane. Wow. The last line of the first album, Roger Waters puts in the last block and then there's intermission. And then during the whole second half, they're using the whole thing as a projection screen. But then at the end, tear down the wall, tear down the wall. They knock the whole wall down. Like it just comes mm. crashing down. That's so cool. Insane. Yeah, I watched the movie The Wall when I was in like eighth grade. And like, I feel like you got to watch it later in life because it is so trippy. Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to have to go back to it then because that was one of my favorite. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was one of my favorites growing up. The see, wall. right? Yeah. So, yeah, so good. Did you see the movie The Wall? No. No, it's like, it's trippy. Is it? Like, it's a, we it's a weird, it's a weird one. It's like, it's a, it's like, it's like looking at a piece of art. Of course. You know, you're in an art. Or better yet, it's like walking through an art gallery. It's more like that. Well, so that's is it on the same level as Tommy? Um, you know, I've never actually listened to Tommy. Yeah, I've never listened to Tommy. Have you seen the movie, though? No, 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 I haven't. Oh, okay. I've heard about Tommy. <laughs> we were literally just talking about this on Sunday. Yeah. Like, we were talking about how albums used to tell stories. Like, yeah. they were not, like, you're here for a song. You're here for the story, and that song is like a chapter in the book. What's it, what's it called? Like, a... Um, a con uh, is that a, is that what a concept album is? Yes. Yeah. Well, now that's what they're called. Before then, it was just called an album. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait. So uh, Tommy's the Who, right? Yes. Right. Okay. What's it about? A kid? It's about an autistic kid. When you really think about it, mm -hmm. and he, but he's special. He's more special. He's not really. Wait, autistic. Is, is Pinball Wizard on it? Yes. Okay. So he's a little bit. Is he deaf, dumb, and blind? Yeah. Pretty much, okay. But he can see; he can see things other people can't see. Oh, whoa, cool! So it's like you're how society sees him, his home family sees him, and how he foresees himself. And so Tommy has the mu the music in it. Does it also yes. have like uh, lines in it? Like, do people tell the story of Tommy, or is it like a full? No, is, or is it's it like a an full, opera? It's a, it's it's a full opera. Yeah. Okay, it's a rock opera. Uh, yeah, rock opera. Yeah, that that those the, that yes, I've heard Tommy's a rock opera before. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what else is a great concept album? Um, Metropolis Part Two by Dream Theater. Anyone? Anyone? No. Uh, it's um, it's like a progressive metal album from '99, and it's about um, like past life regression therapy, and how like this dude is let's call him Joe. Joe is just like every night he has a dream about some lady named Victoria right? and he just like you cannot like Victoria just cannot get out of your head. So you go to a, uh, you go to a regression therapist and he hypnotizes you and now you're you are Victoria like you're like living in like Victoria's life and you watch like a murder happen and like all of this like kind of like soap opera e drama happens and then spoiler alert at the end the therapist is the murderer. Like the actual therapist oh. that he went to. Wow. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> insane, but yeah, like Metropolis Part Two is full on bananas. Like so good. What's another What's another concept album? Can you think of another? I honestly can't. Oh, Twenty One Twelve Rush. Okay. How you? Yeah, uh, the guy like goes into a cave, and he finds like an electric guitar, and he has to like save the world. With or, or no, I, th I think he invents rock, like that's like the whole album. I feel like Led Zeppelin had one. I don't know. They should like have they, sh they should have had one. I mean, Led Zeppelin just had nonstop gold like forever. Everything. <laughs> yeah, they were the first band to have a private jet. Were they really? Yeah, think think about that. In the seventies, the seventies. Yeah. This band from London or wherever they're from has a private jet that says Led Zeppelin on it. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, that. It, that's, like, early to be doing that, you know? But they're Led Zeppelin. They're, but, they were early but, to do everything awesome. But they're, but they're Led Zeppelin. They're Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I, I was watching um, a Led Zeppelin show on YouTube. This is, like, six or seven months ago. And um, Jimmy Page is the guy's name. Jimmy, Jimmy mm -hmm. Page plays guitar. Mm -hmm. Robert Plant is the drummer. No, yeah. John Bottom's the drummer. Yeah. yeah. And then Robert Plant, I guess, is the singer. He's a singer, yeah, but a singer. he also um, he also plays guitar too. Well, wait, Robert Plant is uh, Page okay. and Plant. That's yeah. that's what's left of okay. Yeah, Led Zeppelin. Okay, really. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, John Bottom's um, son 
like it's like it's like really close name to him. It's like Josh Bottom or something. I honestly don't know what his name is. He plays in a lot of like different bands. Like I've, really? like I've seen him play with like the String Cheese Incident. If you guys if at uh, at Halloween in Swanee, and I've I've seen him play with um, Tedeschi Trucks Band, which is like also freaking cool. But um, dude, yeah, like. The, cool. Le, yeah, Led Zeppelin. Um, oh, yeah, what I was saying. I was watching a YouTube video of them, and they um, Jimmy Page pulls out a violin string and starts playing it on his guitar, and it was. It's like how like oh, that wow. is mm. insane. Like that is truly, truly insane. Yeah. And then I'm gonna talk a little bit of shit here. Um, y- y'all know the EDM band Odessa. Okay, they're like famous. Whatever. Um, I've seen them twice, and twice they've, like, done this, like, EDM song that's, like, a song that you never hear before, a sound that you never hear before. Like, saying a sound that you never hear before. I don't remember exactly how it was said. And they pull out a violin string and play violin on guitar. whoop de doo You know what I mean? I'm like, bitch, uh. I saw Jimmy Page do that in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, never heard that one before. Yeah. So. But you never heard an EDM, so yeah, 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 that's yeah, what you yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. Od- Od- see, Odessa. This, <laughs> this is a hot take. This is a hot take. But Odessa is good. Like they have good songs, but live they suck. Like and they have such a gigantic. They have such a huge fan base, and it's like, I feel like um, if you like Odessa, then really you would like Pretty Lights, but you just like don't listen to Pretty Lights for some stupid reason. Like Pretty Lights. Have you guys heard of Pretty Lights? No, it's all good. It's all good. Pretty Lights is um, another like EDM guy, like yeah, and but he, it's just like so good. It's like Transformers fucking, like <laughs> it's it, it's so it's so crazy. <laughs> like I, I can relate. I, <laughs> 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 I, yeah, I, I just I had just, a flashback. Yeah, of, Optimus Prime, and I, I saw that getting some of that op- Optimus pussy. You know what I'm <laughs> <saying>? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So my the only the de- wait the like, de- the Decepticons. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There it is. Yeah, the only EDM I think that I ever like went to. I went to a Bass Nectar concert. That's EDM, nice. Right? Well, yeah, where yeah. at? And oh, Richmond, Virginia, because you know it's raging oh, up there. <laughs> in uh, in uh, at the Hampton Coliseum. No, it was in um like a theater. Like there's a theater is down. It, like, when was this? Uh, two thousand. Maybe 11, 12. Damn. Yeah. That is such a great year to see Bass Nectar. Dude, check it out. I was at a hotel. I was there for work. I'm sitting at the hotel bar eating chicken wings and having a beer. And everybody in Richmond is walking down the street yeah. that way. Yeah. And I'm like, where are they going? And the, the bartender's like, they're going to the show at the theater. And I'm like, I want to go to a show at a theater. Oh. <laughs> like. Like, is everybody. Literally, it was The Walking Dead. Like, oh, yeah. everybody oh, yeah. was going that way. I walked down the street, you know, pay my tab, walk down the street, and the place is sold out. I'm like, I, I'm like, who's in there? They're like, Bass Nectar. I'm like, who's Bass Nectar? <laughs> I have no idea. Right. And so there's a scalper out back, and he's like, hey, and trying to double charge for it. So I, I paid face value for the ticket. And I go in, and it was an experience, man. It was one of the best shows where, I've where ever Where are you been sitting? It was, there was no sitting. It was oh, just right, general right. admission, and I walked like I'm, I'm saying, yeah. like the the crowd was so cool, like there was no pushing and shoving. Everybody's mm-hmm. just there for a great time, and I I think I literally walked to the front of the stage, like without, you know, just be respectful of everybody. Right, but it was just right. one of the because of that, I think it was just such Jesus. such a cool experience. Yeah, yeah. bass nectar. This far like, away from the stage, as far as you and I are sitting away, dude. Like bass nectar in 2000, like like at, seeing bass nectar anytime from like. 2010 to 2013 would be like a religious experience. It was. Yeah, like it's it's insane. Like what once once he kind of grabs you with that like intensely like heavy music, like it's like imagine having never listened to it before, and the first time you do, you're standing in front of him with his lights and his speakers and his hair and the whole thing. Oh yeah, his hair makes the the whole thing, dude. I'm like, what is going on here right now? (laughs) Yeah, and uh, mind blown, he got a fan for life. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah, I like immediately went back and downloaded everything bro, I could. Bro, you gotta check out Pretty Lights, dude. Okay, Pretty, Pretty Lights. I'm in. Like Pretty Lights and Bass Nectar have done shows together. Okay, like literally they've called they've been called Bass Lights and like, mm-hmm. um, like yeah, Pretty Lights is fantastic. Do do they like? Um, it's one guy, Derek Vincent Smith. 
That's his oh, name. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and he like. He's just insane. Do they He's do stuff to together it. though? Like, no, they don't um, have it. They don't. They don't, they don't have, have any songs together. No features or like they um. They're like the same general. Dr- like it's like saying that like um, Travis Scott and Drake are they they're both rappers, but they sound nothing alike. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. They're both like in EDM, but like they just they just don't sound anything alike. What's the guy? Snails. Is that a guy? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard of Snails. Snails is, uh, I haven't given him much of a chance. He's a little heavy, though. I showed up to one of his shows, too, on accident. Like, it's kind of How what was I that? do. I accidentally show up you, you, to shows, like. To raves. To you, raves, you, you, yeah. You just, uh, and a shirt and tie. Yeah, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you just kind of, like, you just kind of pop up there. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah well, it was good, though. It was a good show. Yeah, well, we've been going for about, um, I think, about an hour. Which is pretty solid. Um, uh, how about some closing remarks? What do you guys want to shout out? Shout out whatever you want. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Roy. I can't think of a joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my daughter always makes sure that I'm prepared for jokes at any oh, given boy. time. You know, so I will just I will say this. How do you know when a joke becomes a dad joke? When? When it's apparent. Ah. <laughs> And with that, you can, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and with that, you know, just uh, if anybody wants to learn more about me, uh, RoyBrowning.me, and uh, I have a YouTube channel right there, right there, yeah, yeah. I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RoyBrowning, and uh, kind of vlog style, but also have some other cool stuff. And Joe and I have our hands on a whole bunch of different uh, activities, doing a lot of different stuff, but... Yeah, I, I want to say shout out to Graham Radio Podcast. Thank you. Brothers, yes. thank you for having us here. This was fun. party with you guys, and thank you for the warm rolling rock. Of I, course. It's an experience that I've never had yes. oh, yeah, before. It's, uh, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, <laughs> so thanks for having us. Of uh, course. My website's joemans.com, J-O-E-M-A-N-N-S. You can see all the stuff I'm doing. Tune in to Studio Talk. I'm about, when I leave here, that's what I'm doing. Amazing. Studio Talk tonight. Amazing. So, um, yeah, check us out. Yes, I want to give you a shout out, Mr. Graham. Thank you. Because, you know, we met under weird circumstances. It was kind of crazy. Not as night. weird as, as these two. <laughs> Not <laughs> as weird as that. Yeah. You know. you know. But thank you for inviting us, you know, inviting me, and I invited them. Uh, <laughs> and then I want to give a shout out to the Stash House. You know, uh, that's where I'm at right now. Um, uh, we have a couple of artists. I just signed, we just released DeBron Kane. Um, he's a Tampa artist and he's doing pretty good out the gate. So it's a whole mood. And we got some other things that we're working on. Um, I'm going to give you a big hug. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but thank you. Of course. And uh, thank you all for coming on. This has honestly been super fun. Yeah. Definitely a little sketchy in the beginning. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, we talked about some fun stuff. I feel like we kind of, like, went, like, we talked about businesses. We talked about just inter- interesting music stuff. Had a few laughs. Drank one beer each, uh, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, all right. And uh, check out the Graham Radio podcast. Uh, follow Graham Radio for everything music. Check out at One Music Collective. Follow omc.tv. Check or all... We're all over YouTube and Instagram and uh, Twitter and like all that fun stuff. I love you. Peace. That was cool.